Hello and welcome back to the Insurance Innovators podcast, where today we will be joined by James Edmonds, one of the directors at Investors and Customers, to talk about the FCA's new consumer duty framework. We'll be diving into what the framework involves, whether insurers are paying enough attention to it, how insurers can prepare for upcoming checkpoints, and whether the FCA framework goes far enough in its consumer duty mission. Without further ado, let's get straight into this interview with James Edmonds. I'm joined by James Edmonds, one of the directors at Investor and Customers. Welcome, James. Tell us a little bit more about what you do. Thank you, Gideon. Yeah, so uh, at Investor and Customers, um, we look after the customer experience for our clients. Um, in terms of myself personally, uh, I've been in financial services, uh, predominantly client side up until the last year or so when I joined Investor and Customers. Uh, my, my last role was at the head of customer experience uh, and insight at Nucleus and James Hay, the investment platform. But Prior to that, as I say, mostly in financial services. So I spent about eight or nine years at Royal Sun Alliance. So I ran the Moreland Customer Program for a couple of years. Uh, then I moved uh, to a small consulting role and then uh, to Just Retirement. At that point, I picked up a responsibility for the Vulnerability Program in Just Retirement. And I had that same responsibility in James Hay. And really, that's where I suppose I've developed a little bit of a specialism around interpretation of FCA guidance, just making that real for firms and helping them differentiate the uh, experience and the service that they offer based on the FCA regulations. Great. Well, that's, that's all great to hear. Thank you so much for being here. Just to kick off, what does the FCA's new consumer duty framework involve and what are these four outcomes that we've been hearing about that firms are expected to comply with? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, consumer duty, so it's the new consumer principle, uh, comes principle 12 uh, in the FCA's uh, principles for business handbook. Uh, it replaces uh, principles six and seven, essentially builds on them and builds on treating customers fairly as well. And really, it's around just setting a very, very high standard for expects of regulated firms. Uh, it's, it's the FCA has kind of confirmed that it can't be defined exhaustively. So it has to be clarified through the cross-cutting rules and the four outcomes, which um, we'll go into in, in a moment. One thing worth noting is a bit of the headline is that consumer duty applies proportionately. So depending upon the firm's size and the uh, the client base that they have, uh, it, it, their, their obligation to evidence their adherence to consumer duty is different. So that's one thing that's worth noting for firms. Um, it applies to all financially regulated firms in the UK, so that's probably just over 50,000. We believe it to be about 53,000 firms at the moment. Uh, so it's really something that is going to be uh, extremely important to them. I think there, there are three key deadlines, one that's passed and two that are in future. So at, in October last year, firms had to have their plan for compliance together. So obviously that's passed now. And we're certainly seeing an increased amount of activity with firms working on um, their, their, their plans to become compliant with consumer duty. And then upcoming only in a few months time uh, is the first deadline, which is where all new and open business uh, has to be compliant to consumer duty. And then a year later after that is when all closed book um, business is going to have to be compliant to consumer duty. So certainly tough times ahead. I think it's that last deadline that will be the hardest one to comply to. Um, but we will we will we'll see on that front. Uh, in terms of the four outcomes specifically, so that those are consumer understanding, which is really around getting customers timely and clear information they can understand, information they can make decisions off the back of, uh, information that they can consume. So, for example, you know, people can be making important decisions on a smartphone, for example. So how confirms evidence that they're able to um, adjust the communications that they're having with people and that they are providing information that people find easy to understand. Around products and services, that's the second one of the four outcomes. So obviously, hence the name, that's really around 
um, firms ensuring that the products and the services they offer are suitable to their customer needs and make evidence that there is a customer need, there's a clear ta target market for, for their customer and that people shouldn't be pushed into a product or service that isn't in any way suitable for them. And I'd say I think that's probably one of the hardest um, parts of consumer duty for me will be firms being able to evidence that people are in the right product and service for them, especially when you begin to look at the back books that some um, organisations might, might have, particularly uh, insurance firms that have been around for hundreds of years. Uh, consumer support uh, is very much around if customers need support from the organisation, are the problems being solved effectively? Is the support diverse and that it can meet the needs of different customers and the different needs the customers have, vulnerable customers included? And, and really, how can the consumer support differ throughout a relationship with a customer? Obviously, everyone goes through different stages in their life. Everyone has different needs at different times. I personally have been someone who I, I believe I should have been treated as a vulnerable customer through a, a particular stage in my life. I, I wasn't. I think I paid the price for that. And that was because the organisation weren't able to recognise that and didn't have the right consumer support in place. And it was myself who actually paid the price for that. And then pr price and value. So that's around consumers to be delivered fair price and value. That isn't for me just about the pounds and pence that people are paying for the products or services. That's around getting value out of the product or service that they have while they need to use it. So it is, is something valuable to me? Is this product I'm using valuable to? Is it allowing me to complete my day-to-day my -day life as it should be? It's not quite just about pounds and tens. And I think that might have been a bit of a common misconception so far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that it's clear that this new framework is really important and necessary. But from your perspective, do you think that insurers are paying enough attention to it? Does it vary from function to function within an insurer, within a firm? Yeah, it, it's definitely varying. Um, by function. So certainly what we've observed so far, and this is specific for um, insurers actually, which is interesting, it, it, it is that the compliance function is largely taking ownership at the moment. Uh, and, and that's something where the compliance function is having to take ownership. They've probably recognised that actually consumer duty is something that needs to run a lot more widely than um, something that's just controlled by the compliance function. It needs to be really throughout the business when you begin to fully understand the cross-cutting rules and the four outcomes. So, you know, the, the, the rhetoric around consumer duty is beginning to change. I think ownership is beginning to expand slightly. And of course, every organisation has the obligation to have a consumer duty champion. So, and that champion has to exist at a senior management level within the organisation. There's also obviously the um, uh, SMCR register that firms have to um, fill in. There's the uh, yearly attestation that any board would have to put forward towards the FCA. So I think over time, ownership will begin to expand a little bit. Um, for a recent conference we run, actually, we um, did a survey of insurers. We asked them four questions around consumer duty. So. The first one being how seriously has your company taken consumer duty so far? 57% said not seriously or somewhere in the middle. The next question was which function uh, is taking primary responsibility for consumer duty? At that point, it was risk and compliance or senior management, 85% there. We asked how closely the FCA will be monitoring uh, consumer duty in the views of these people that worked in the insurers. 71% said very closely or closely. And amazingly, 0% firms were able to say that they were able to measure adherence to the cross-cutting rules and to the four outcomes. So really, there's a bit of a perfect storm there in that they, people think consumer duty will be something that's taken seriously. It's really only in the hands of risk and compliance and senior management at the moment. It's not across the business. Um, and people think it's going to be monitored closely, but actually very few firms or zero of those who we actually surveyed 
able to have a direct measure or metric against the four outcomes of consumer duty. So potentially something that's got a fairly big gap. Uh, I think as well, there's a lot of talk around, uh, you know, the FCA not really being in a position to actually begin to um, punish firms who, who aren't um, adhering to consumer duty. But like I said, I mean, there are methods and vehicles in place. So the board attestation being one, the FCA can make ad hoc requests um, to firms to provide evidence of their adherence. The SMCR register, which obviously senior managers have to sign. And, and also, you know, if we look into the future, um, in, in America, for example, the regulators there um, at times have a, a, a kind of backdoor into firms and that they're able to go and interrogate data themselves. So that's potentially something that's been that's been mooted. So I think that this will begin to develop over time, but certainly the the, the ownership isn't quite where it needs to be now. Um, that's certainly something we've, we've we've witnessed. Yeah, for sure. And and you've mentioned previously that the, there's these checkpoints, there's these deadlines coming up. Uh, what do you think insurers can do to prepare for the for the FCA's next consumer duty checkpoint? And also, what will happen if firms fail to meet that deadline? Yeah, I think. Currently, it's really hard to understand what will happen if firms fail to meet that deadline. And I think right. that's obviously because we're at the point now where it, because the regulations haven't really come into force yet, there hasn't been anyone that's been punished, I suppose, is, is the best way to put it. So that's very much open um, for speculation at the moment. Uh, and I, I imagine if, if we're to look at what's happened historically, that there may well be one or two household names who, who are held to account. And, and that we imagine being something that would would, would kick uh, for firms into action. That, that being said, I've to, spoken to a couple of firms um, who are in contact with the FCA specifically around consumer duty. So there's a firm I've been speaking to at FinTech and they've just gained regulatory approval to begin to sell their product. And they, they were assessed for their consumer duty adherence by the FCA prior to them actually being allowed to begin to trade. Uh, there's another firm who are putting out a new product to market, which in itself needs uh, a specific type or it ne needs a separate FCA regulation sign off uh, and that they've been asked uh, to provide uh, evidence of how they're going to ensure that this product adheres to consumer duty. So I think that there's, there's definitely enough activity to, to suggest it's being taken seriously and that firms will be um, you know, clear, look, look, looked at very seriously whether their door don't comply. So I think there's definitely an amount of complacency that, that, that it's in existence. I think to, to answer the first part of your question around where firms should begin to look um, now when it comes to consumer duty and, and particularly uh, for, for, for insurers, for me, the biggest gap really exists around firms being able to measure and evidence their performance. So if you look through the regulation, so 11.33 uh, in the final guidance uh, gives 14 different types of information that firms need to begin to think about. Um, now, the issue here is Again, as I said, there's been a lot of discourse around the fact that the regulations have been quite nebulous. But actually, if you begin to break down what's in that um, types of information um, paragraphs, you, you can get to the point of really understanding quite clearly what types of information firms are going to want to be um, gathering. So customer feedback, for example, informal or formal comments made to the firm. So most firms of a certain size will be getting comments like that through Trustpilot or through Twitter. You know, results of regular testing and monitoring. Most organisations will have a customer experience programme or a voice of the customer programme in place. Can that be realigned to consumer duty or might they need to begin to think about a different type of um, interaction or a different type of uh, voice of the customer um, process? Testing customer experiences, so mystery shopping, testing full journeys. Firms can do that themselves internally. Firms can also get other organisations to help them out with that kind of thing. 
And if I was to give one piece of advice to any firm, if you're going to begin to do something really simple, have a look at your customer experience program, work out how well it aligns to the four outcomes of consumer duty, and you can do a bit of a stop, start, continue on all of your activity, and you'll begin to identify areas that maybe you're neglecting, maybe you're thinking a little bit too hard on, and just begin to align that to what your customers are saying about you. And then really, I think most firms will begin to be acting in the spirit of consumer duty at that point. Absolutely. And then also a bit closer to home, what other kinds of work you do with your clients at Investor and customers to help them with their compliance with consumer duty? Sure. Yeah, thank you. So really, we've seen uh, that all of the engagements we've had have been different. And that was a bit of a surprise to us to start with. But I suppose when you step back and look at what's happening through consumer duty, really, we've got a customer experience framework designed by the FCA through consultation that is being put upon firms and they're having to evidence their adherence to a framework that they had prior to a few months ago had never seen before. Some of these firms, for example, so I think about Royal Sun Alliance where I used to work, you know, that organisation passed its 300th birthday when I was there. And as a result, obviously, that, that organisation, its history, its characteristics, its book of business, have very different characteristics to another organisation, even within insurance. So really, it's not surprising that the types of interactions that we're seeing are very different by firm. That said, what we are doing and what we are helping our clients with is roughly falling into five buckets. So to go through those um, types of uh, offerings really quickly. So we have a real time journey based feedback. So that's where we document journeys of an organisation. We align the key touch points to the four outcomes of consumer duty. We measure customer experience and uh, consumer duty off the back of that and obviously capture verbatims as well to get some really um, high quality information from customers. We have a one-off four outcome assessment that we can offer whereby we would email out to a large group of customers um, and uh, understand what type, what part of the life cycle of the products or service that they're in uh, and then assess that organisation versus the four outcomes through the customers. We do a little bit of vulnerability there as well. We can offer consumer document testing, which is we're doing with a couple of um, organisations in the insurance sector, uh, whereby um, you can implement as a part of your um, product proposition process, for example, um, the facility to show uh, customers through a survey um, AB documents uh, and they could begin to give you feedback on those documents so you can understand um, what consumers need to see to help them when it comes to consumer understanding as one of the um, four outcomes. We've also got the traditional 360 investor and customers assessment that we run, which has been what we've been doing for about 17 years now, which is what gives uh, organisations a gold, silver or bronze um, award. With, with that assessment, which we've been running for such a long time, we've realigned the questions in that to consumer duty. And then we've uh, backed up a couple of the uh, four outcomes with some additional questions. So we're able to do those traditional assessments with the award and then also have those aligned to consumer duty as well. So you can begin to evidence performance through those. And then in addition, finally, we have an internal gap analysis where we've identified the what we believe to be the key 20 drivers of consumer duty performance internally. So things like third party suppliers or back book or strategy or culture. We're able to assess organisations internally as to where they are versus where they might need to be. And obviously the findings from that will begin to help to develop um, a uh, internal plan uh, that organisations would, would, would be able to go away and execute. Right. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of great work being done there. And finally, I'd just be a bit interested uh, to hear your thoughts about the framework itself. Of course, the FC FCA's new framework is really important, as we've mentioned. But yeah. do you think that it goes far enough in its consumer duty mission? And is there any way that you think it could be improved? 
Yeah, I, I think stepping back, I, I think that it is actually quite an effective customer experience framework. I think the way that it forces organisations to look across the whole organisation, not just in particular functions. So I don't believe this can be compliance led forever. Also, when you think about customer experience, historically has been something that many organisations think is just the responsibility of the customer service function, i.e. the call centre. So it, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's a very good framework from my perspective um, when it comes to achieving the, those objectives. I think in terms of future development, does it go far enough? I think time will tell, you know, this is a big, big change. It's a big shift for organisations to begin to have to comply to. So for me, it's not necessarily something that will be um, set in stone forever. I, I believe it will be, begin to develop over time. Uh, will it lead to the desired cultural change or will it just, you know, stay in the compliance exercise? As I say, I, I do think it will begin to develop, um, but a lot of it will come down to um, ultimately how, how firms are punished. Um, I think that probably be, end up to be the biggest driver of, of behaviour. However unfortunate that is, I think the proportion of firms who are understanding that customer experience is the key differentiator now in this era is certainly growing. But um, that that's that's where where we would want to see uh, most most change, I I suppose. So I think there's definitely room for the guidance to change. It's a big enough change for the moment though, um, and, I, and I think it'll be a couple of years before we see any significant changes to it. Well, that was super interesting. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I wish we could have talked even longer about consumer duty, but um, but that's unfortunately all we have time for. But yeah, thank you so much for being here and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Excellent. Lovely. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for listening to this episode on Consumer Duty with James Edmonds. To learn even more about Consumer Duty, come along to Insurance Innovators Summit taking place in London on the 15th and 16th of November, where our stream, Championing the Customer, will delve even deeper into these issues, including a keynote address by Matthew Brewis, the Director of Insurance at the FCA. Head to marketforcelive.com forward slash insurance dash innovators to find out more. This has been the Insurance Innovators podcast, bringing the future of insurance directly to you. Until next time.